Mama and I woke early, put on our Sunday dresses, and stole down all three sets of stairs from the garret to the cellar, slipping out of the servants' entrance before the Van Loos were even out of bed. We walked west down Grace Street, turning south past the tobacco factories, to head toward Shaco Bottom. The bottom was nothing like Church Hill, where the Van Loo mansion sat above the city. Buildings in the bottom were small and weather-worn, the lots crowded with all manner of manufactories and businesses. I held tight to Mama's hand as we ducked into a narrow passageway between two storefronts along Main Street. Papa stood tall on the other side of the passage, same as every Sunday, waiting for us in his scraggly patch of yard. As soon as he caught sight of me and Mama, a smile broke across his face like sunshine streaming through the clouds. He hugged and kissed us, and then hugged us some more, looking me over like I'd changed so much since the week before that he feared he might not recognize me. I may have changed, but he never did. My papa was so lean and strong. His muscles showed even through his Sunday shirt. His rich skin shone with the color and sheen of the South American coffee beans that made Richmond importers wealthy. Large brown eyes dominated his narrow face, the same eyes I found staring back at me whenever I passed the looking glass in Mistress Van Loo's dressing room. What a strange and wonderful thing to see a bit of Papa in my own reflection. All the more delightful when I pestered Mama with some peevish five-year-old's demand, and she chided, Don't look at me with your Papa's eyes. Mama's complaint told me that I was his child as much as hers, even during the six days a week we spent apart from him. Standing beside Papa, Mama seemed small in a way she never did when she bustled about the Van Loo mansion. Although she was not a heavy woman, she was fleshy in a way Papa was not. Her skin was even darker than his, so deep and rich and matte that whenever I saw a flower... I wondered that it could be so light in color, yet as sheenless as Mama's skin. Her brow and eyes curved down at the outside edges, making her seem determined and deliberate. Whether her mouth was set straight across, lifted in one of her warm smiles, or, as was often the case, open in speech. But for once, Papa was talking before Mama. About time you ladies arrived... We got plenty to get done this fine morning. Papa spoke with the soft cadence of a Tidewater Negro, though he hadn't seen the plantation where he was born since he was just a boy, when his first owner apprenticed him to Master Mayen, a Richmond blacksmith. Mama's voice sounded different from Papa's, as sharp as though she and old Master Van Loo had come from New York only the day before. What can we have to do at this hour on a Sunday? High time we returned all that hospitality we've been enjoying at the Banks's. I stopped over there on my way home last evening, invited them to come back here with us after prayer meeting. That whole brood over here? Mama eyed Papa's cabin. The four-room building had two entrances, Papa's on the left and the one for Mr. and Mrs. Wallace, the elderly, free couple who were his landlords on the right. Even put together, Papa's two rooms were smaller than the attic quarters where Mama and I slept in the Van Loo mansion, 
or the summer kitchen where the cook prepared the Van Loo's meals. One room had but a fireplace, Papa's meager supply of foodstuffs, and a small wooden table with three unmatched chairs. The other room held his sleeping pallet, a wash basin set on an old crate, and a row of nails where he hung his clothes. The walls were unpainted, outside and in, the rough plank floors bare, even in winter. The only adornments were the bright tattersall pattern of the Osnaberg curtains Mama had sewn for the window, and the metal cross Papa had crafted at May and Smithy. The way Mama frowned, I could tell what she was thinking. Broad and tall, Henry Banks was a large presence all by himself, a free colored man who risked enslavement to minister to the slaves and free Negroes who gathered each week in the cellar of his house.